everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs and parents. And speaking of fulfillment, if you want to hire me as your coach, head over to robshowcoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on the call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's robshowcoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day-to-day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Morbido Murgatroyd, how are you? Okay, so first of all- Well, what did I say? It's morbida. Morbida, because you are feminine. Yeah, and actually- Is that a nice thing I just said to you? Not really. Well, you just called me soft. Soft. But in a kind of squishy way, I think. (laughs) There is a fancy word for soft in English as well. Uh, You are not soft, but the reason why I- The reason why I mentioned that is because we're going to be discussing that subject. But do you know what the soft word, big and soft, big. Big and and tall? It's a, not big and tall. It's a, it's a word that describes somebody who's rather big, but not in a negative way. There's one word in America, in the, in English that does that. What is that word? I don't know. Zoftic. What? Zoftic. Where did you pull that out of? A dictionary? Just, just came out of my head. Zoftic. Zoftic. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. And I would assume it's a planet, you know, the 12th planet from the sun. Okay. Let's tell them why we're talking about this today. So we're having this conversation with our Italian teacher about different words. And right now we're studying adjectives in Italian. And so, Aggettivo. Aggettivo. So we are listing out all kinds of words and she's giving us the time in which you would use them. And what we were realizing is the Italian language is made so your politeness, it, it's, it's in the forefront. For example, if you are a tourist and you walk into a shop, it is not appropriate typically to say ciao because ciao is really for friends or people you have a friendly relationship with or have at least properly... A familiarity. A a familiarity. So we're having the adjetivos with our Italian teacher and we're learning that there are not... like Most of the words, it's like, oh, this this means large, but you wouldn't use it for a person. Or this means... Um, short, but it would be like short sleeve, not short for a person. And so we had this conversation about adjectives and 
how you would refer to people because, you know, in America, it's like he's tall, short, you know, she's this, he's that, whatever. And here it's much more polite, except we've also found the flip side of that coin where the Italians can be so brutally honest that you almost think it's lost in translation. Like one day I was in the store when I first got here and I said, okay, all I have is basically leggings. I have American clothes. Please help me. I'd like to buy a couple of pieces. And so the lady is like, okay, I think this would be good. This would be good. I go into the dressing room and I come out and she goes, yeah, see, you have no waist. And so it doesn't really look good on you. Let me find you something else. And initially I was like, oh, wow, okay, she said that. And then I was like, maybe it was the translation because she was doing it in English. But now after having that experience everywhere where they really tell you whether it looks good or not, that I realize now that they're just honest. And I will say, I appreciate it because you can go on TikTok and there's some really funny TikToks about like, French um, salespeople versus American salespeople. An American salesperson will be like, this is amazing. You look perfect. And then you walk out and you look like Humpty Dumpty, but they don't care because they don't want to be rude. And they just want you to buy buy the clothes. So they don't really tell you most of the time. But in Italy, just be aware. If you ask, how does this look? You're getting the answer. Yeah, let me let me put you back in state. I want you to imagine that you're going into some clothing store in America and you the salesperson is like, how's everything going on? How's everything looking in there? Right? They're 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 trolling. It's like it, it reminds me of like my dog when I'm cutting meat. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. they're like a fish going back and forth in front of the door, you know, throwing clothes over the door for you, right? And then as soon as you come out, you can come out looking like a leprechaun on St. Patrick's Day. And they'll be like, that looks amazing. Yeah, that okay? looks amazing. So here, when you come out, you walk out and they look at you and they assess it and they go, mm. you know, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> They're with you. So you are, okay, let me give you another example. So Can you do the pants example? I'll do that second. Let me, I have two of them for you. Let me do one. I go to the, my veneers are 20 years old, okay? So, uh, you know, these, the teeth thing, the porcelain veneers, they're 20 years old. And, you know, it's about time that they get replaced. They're probably only supposed to last 10, 15 years, especially 20 years ago. Like the technology is not the same as it is now. So I wanted to take a look and see, because I understand, I have a friend who's a dentist and I understand that Italians are actually remarkably good at porcelain veneers. I thought it was going to be a disaster. I thought I was going to have spaghetti teeth. I had no idea what I was going to get. So I go to the- Everything has to be beautiful. Everything has to be beautiful, which is why it works. Yeah. So, and he says, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I have these, these old porcelain veneers. I want to get them, I want to get them looked at, evaluated to see if I can get them done or whether or not even, actually I said, whether or not I even need it. (laughs) And- he said, okay, open up, opens my mouth and he looks at it and he says, mm, these are not very nice. <laughs> and I said, well, he's speaking perfect English. So it's not an English thing. W- what do you mean? He said, they're just, they're just not very nice. And I said, oh, I said, they are kind of old. He said, I shit you not. I bet you don't smile much. And I went, <laughs> I-, I smile all the time. He said, do you cover? You cover your hand, put your hand on your mouth. 
And I said, no, I no. Are they, well, I'm just, things are much better right now. They, yeah, they, they should definitely be done. I was like, okay. So that's one example. The other example Hold on, is- Can I play on this example? Because I couldn't, I, I was next to you. We wa- Rob wanted to buy some pants. And here's the thing about clothing sizes in Italy and just clothing in general. Italians are thin for the most part. You know, I mean, ob- obviously there's all kinds of bodies, but the style of clothing, skinny, shall we say, like skinny jeans, skinny pants, that kind of thing. And Rob has been, you know, throwing weights around in the gym for 55 years. So he's muscular. So putting skinny fitting clothes on a muscular body to begin with is not easy. And so we walked into this store and Rob's like, I'm looking for some pants. And I really like these. And he points to these pants on the mannequin. And do you remember what the guy said? He said, yeah, not for, and he kind of like makes a motion of an ass and he goes with his hands, like his hands are like going out like an apple. And he goes, not, not for you. And no, was, he said, I have another pair that will fit in, in the, in the, this section. And he motioned over a butt a bit better for you because <laughs> Rob's got, you, you got a Kardashian butt. Yeah, so I basically, I, I basically had to wear some kind of like reverse kangaroo pouch. You like know what you I mean? had like, huskies. He's yeah. like, I have the huskies in the back. <laughs> so where do you think that? Where do you think that level of honesty comes from? What do, What do you think the intention is? It's clearly not to be rude. No, not at all. You know, I don't know where it comes from. This is again, you know, this area is has so much history, has thousands and thousands of years of history and Roman through medieval, like all of this stuff. I don't know. I think they just don't have time to not be 100% authentic. I don't know. But I will tell you, it as off-putting as it is initially, it is also very welcoming when you want an honest opinion, right? Like here, here's the point. No one's sugarcoating anything right? No one is sugarcoating anything. And they're telling you the truth, but they have so many rules about which words are polite. And like we were talking about the word old. There's like 10 words to describe things or whatever that are old. And we said, well, what would you use to say like an old person? And our Italian teacher is like, oh, they don't like that. So we don't really use words to describe them like that. And because you have like Ponte Vecchio, you have Vecchio is old for the bridge, like the old bridge, but it means like broken. It's words in Italian aren't just a translation. They're a feeling. Like there's a word in Italian that it doesn't have a, a one word or a literal translation in English. It's a feeling and it's about a person. So they have simpatico and antipatico. Simpatico is a person that you would want to hang out with, that they're a good person, they mean well, maybe they're funny. And what we learned is this word can change, the meaning can change as you progress in life. So for someone like Sophia, this word might mean if she had a friend that is simpatico, she would say, mommy, I met a a little girl, she's so simpatico. That's how they would apparently use this word obviously in full Italian, but it would describe maybe for Sophia, another girl that likes to play Barbies. 
And that makes her laugh. But as she gets older, if you're referring to a friend, like last night, we went to a great party for one of our expat friends through a Mardi Gras party. And we met amazing people that I would absolutely refer to as simpatico. And then there's the opposite of that, the bad person that you don't want to know. And so they ha- their words kind of have bigger meanings. It's more like a feeling sometimes. Sometimes a word is a feeling or it's a, it, a broader description. So my point is, on one hand, like the culture is a very polite culture. You you refer to people and talk to people in a very polite manner based on your relationship with them. That's how the entire language is set up. Yet, they are brutally honest with you. And so I don't think that the honesty is a lack of politeness because it's too important to them to be polite. I think they actually probably, if we had an Italian here, and I'm sure we'll get an email or a text about this, I think if you ask them, they would say, it's the right thing to do to tell you the truth. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting to me at the level of heart that they come from. You know, it's been, how long are we here now? About five, six months? Um, uh, five months. Five months. It, it slowly is starting to work its way into my DNA and causing me to think very, very differently about lots of things. And there's little things that are that are happening that I'm starting to notice that, what, when I first moved here, made absolutely no fucking sense. Like how in the world can you, can you not, okay, I'll give you an example. So it's the year 2022. Everybody has some sort of credit system, right? We have a FICO score. We, we, you know, we know 800 is good and, you know, a hundred is bad. So if we don't know somebody and we're going to rent them an apartment or we're going to lend them money or we're going to do you know, our due diligence and who they are, we say, well, we're going to do a credit check or a background check. That doesn't exist here. They have something here called the blacklist. <laughs> okay, I swear that to they can't even access. The blacklist is like, you know, like Al Capone would be on it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's the absolute, probably equivalent to like the FBI's most wanted. You know, it's, it's the corrupt individuals that they don't even have an easy, you know, they probably could get access to if they wanted to, but it's not like they can go on their computer. They could put a social security number in and see what does it look like? So what do you have? So we're, you know, we're renting uh, a place in June that is not an inexpensive amount of money, you know? No credit check, none. He kind of like looks no, at- No, there's and, a coffee check. Well, I had this conversation with our Come attorney. On, I got nothing for that? A coffee check? It's a coffee check. That's it's a coffee check. You have sort of, coffee with them. Sort of. Yeah. I had this conversation with our attorney, Michele, last night. And he said, well, he didn't have a problem because the real estate agent knows you. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the real estate agent is essentially vouching for you. I said, the real estate agent is vouching for whether or not I'm going to pay. He said, yeah. I said, well, what happens if I don't? Does she get shot? Like, like what? He said, no, she just wouldn't bring, if she had a gut feeling that you weren't going to pay, she just wouldn't bring you to, right, to this Right, but person. how did you get the real estate agent? You have a friend who vouched for you to the real estate agent. The real estate agent vouched for you to the landlord. The landlord had coffee with you to make sure that you, you know, he gave you the once over to make sure it was going to look good. 
like it's literally, I, I think here honesty is valued at such a high degree that, and it's also a very small village. Like we live in Florence and there's a lot of people, but if you do something wrong, everyone will know about it. Instantly. Immediately. I feel like they would hang, a, you know, they would dye a t-shirt a certain color on a clothesline right. outside my house to indicate the scarlet letter. Yeah, you the blacklist. Li- li- the blacklist lives here. Yeah, I, but I think they value honesty at such a high level that it's not even a thought mm. to lie about this thing, right? Now, listen, we're speaking in complete generalizations and we're giving our experience of what, it is like, like I'll walk into a store here and they'll say, I'll say, oh, okay, I want to try this on. And a lot of the stores, what they do, it like the boutiques, they'll have one shirt out on the rack that is in whatever style. They don't have every single one in that size hanging. So they have one and they go to the back to find your size. So if I say to them, I really like these pants, they'll say, okay, they don't ask me my size. They look at my butt and they go, okay, I think you're going to be a small or I think you're going to be a medium in this. They don't even ask. They just do it. They know. They know. They actually probably know better than I do because the sizes here are so crazy. But it, there's a, I don't know. I think I don't think it's offensive to them. I think it's like, this is how we do it. Well, I think at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is they value beautiful at such a high level. You know, if you think about like, you know, when two two American girls or Canadian girls or whatever, you get the idea, Australian, they, they see each other and they're like, you look cute, you look cute, right? They rarely say to each other, you look beautiful. Here, the standard, Tony Robbins talks about your standard. Your standards are everything. The standard is beautiful. It's not cute. Cute, if you think about a spectrum, cute is quite low on the scale when it when you have beauty at the top, right? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of other things before it and there's a lot of other things after it. So when your standard is beautiful for yourself, you want beautiful to be everything around you. So when they look at you, I, I can remember sometimes I'd put something on and it was mismatched and I looked like a Christmas tree and the person was like, oh, bruta, like ugly. That right. does not look good. That's, that's not working. Another thing that I thought was interesting, speaking of clothes, I went yesterday. I decided that I wanted to get a custom suit because it's something that is done here. It's, I have easy access to it. Again, it's a bit of a standard here. Yes, you can buy stuff, stuff off the rack, but it's not like cre- that much, that it's probably double the price, but you're getting a custom suit, right? And it's, it's the experience of it. It's how long it'll last and blah, blah, blah. So I went yesterday to get it done. And I had a conversation with the guy who was making it, speaks per- perfectly English. And he was talking about, you know, I said in the summertime, you know, where do you, where do you go? And he was telling me like, he's got a beach house and he's, and I said, what's it, you know, we've never lived here in the summer. What's it like, you know, is it a ghost town? He said, yeah, the Italians are, the Italians are all gone in August. He said, but you know, as a business owner, it's, it's a bit stressful, but you know, we, we don't mind it. We understand that. I said, well, how do you mean? He said, well, we have something called the 13th or 14th month. And I said, the 13th or 14th month, what is that? He said, well, we have to give them most, depending upon a lot of different circumstances, whether they have a contract or whether they're new, how many years they've been there, et cetera. They either get the 13th or the 14th Well, no, they get the 13th or both. Or both, sorry, 13th. And and the 14th, 14th yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, what is it? He said, well, they essentially get two months a year off paid. 
And I said, two months a year off paid. He said, yeah. And I said, how does it work? He said, it's, it's pretty simple. He said, let's say I pay somebody $1,000 for the month, right? If I pay him 1,000 for the month in, in July, I'm sorry, when August rolls around, I have to pay them for an extra month in August and their monthly salary and they're not working. I said, why do you do that? He said, because there we believe, or the government has laws around it, that they should be able to have time off to enjoy their summer. And they should not have to have the stress of not paying for their bills. I said, well, why don't you just give them their paycheck and give them the month of August off? He said, because then they don't have any money to spend when they're on vacation. I said, so you have to give them the month off, pay them their overhead, and give him money to pay on vacation? He goes, uh-huh. And for most people, I have to do it again at Christmas. I said, no. This way they can enjoy their holiday. So they can enjoy their holiday. I was like, holy shit. And so I had that conversation last night at the, uh, the Mardi Gras party we were at. And our friend Elia said something really interesting. She said, you know, in Bhutan, they, they have what, not the gross national product. They have the gross national, not the, I'm sorry, not the, What's the G, I guess GDP, gross net, I don't know. Anyway, they have the happiness index is really the punchline. Instead of the product index. Instead of how much- How much money they're making, it's how happy are their people. So they assess the people at how happy they are and they look to see what they can do to change laws and things to make the people happier. So- you know, the last part of this is walking around now, This we're recording this podcast in and walking around looking at stores, we see a lot of the stores are closed. And so I asked our attorney last night, I said, why is that? He said, well, a lot of them, a lot of the stores that do retail or like restaurants that are you know, mostly for tourists, they will have an agreement with their staff that they'll get their 13th month in the month of February because- Christmas is busy for them and January is busy for them, but then in February it slows down. So they all agree that they're gonna take their vacation during the month of February and they all take it together. And you know, as a chiropractor, if I had one day, one day, you know the only, there was one day that I closed my office in 25 years. You know what that day was? 9-11. That was the day. Yeah. There was one day where I didn't know what was happening. I thought I thought like the world was coming to an end. Yeah. It is the only day and I cannot tell you the amount of anguish I had. I don't know if I was more worried about dying or worried about closing. But that's but I remember those days because when we would let's say there was a blizzard, okay? The one the one time a year that snow hits Georgia, it's always a shit show. It's always a mess. And every single year we'd have that one day and I would fight with you over closing the office and you did not want to close the office every time. And I was, I remember this. Oh my God. I was pregnant. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. I was pregnant. I was sick and it was my birthday. And he (laughs) opened and there was a blizzard and he opened the clinic and I told him, don't do it. Don't do it. He did. I said, if you're going to do it, at least only open the morning and come home at night. Yeah, come home before the snow starts. He's like, I'm fine. I'm from New York. I can drive in the snow. I'm like, great. He got stuck on the highway in one of these like blizzard things where you see on the news that everyone had to sleep in their car. He got stuck on the highway that night. So I'm 
alone, pregnant on my birthday. (laughs) He had to somehow get into a line of these cars that had to go off onto an access road over like over a hill. And he made it halfway home. He had to leave the car, abandon it on the side of the road and walk two miles and forgot a coat. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. And forgot a coat. I don't think you got home until like two or three in the morning. I had to take a subway. And you had to take the subway. I had to take a subway. Like it was so crazy. But that the point is, all of that, you wouldn't just shut the office down. And these people are like, oh, there's less tourists. Yeah, let's close it down and go on vacation. Okay, so let's, other than the stupidity that I had in doing that, which is so fucking stupid, just on a practical level, right? People do things because there's a reason, like, or at least in their head, there's a reason. What was the reason why in 25 years, I could not stand the thought of closing my office because did I think that my patients would pack up and go somewhere else? No, the best part is your patients didn't even come in on those days because they so stayed what's, home. So what was the neurosis? For you, hmm. for you, it's certainty. And so the, the, you have a certainty thing and every day you're open and if a patient needs you or whatever, you were in the clinic every day. I think it was just completely a certainty thing. Hmm. And- and all else didn't matter, you know? But but the other thing is in America, like imagine if you go to a coffee shop every day and then one day your coffee shop says we're closing for a month, you go find a new coffee shop. You don't come back. You don't necessarily go, oh, I'll see you in a month. Mm. Here, we see a sign on a restaurant that says closed for a month. And we're literally calling them every week to see when exactly they're going to open what, back Why up. is that? I think that we, I don't know. It's like like a weird thing. There are some things that I I just cannot. I'm so excited for them to come back to find out how they're doing. I just cannot explain. There are things that make no sense because if the exact- Or they make perfect sense. If the exact same scenario was done in a different location, I I would not go back. You would see it as an annoyance that your coffee shop closed down They don't have it together. Yeah, but here we see it as an as like they're taking human time. I, we see it as self-care almost. Like, I'm so glad you guys got a month off. That's great. And they're ready to go. Here's the other thing that I find really, really interesting with this, where the stage of, I can't quite figure out, here's where I'm stuck on this. I can't quite figure out if it's the stage of my life because I'm 55 or if it's the neighborhood that I'm in. But I can tell you that this is a theme that I am encountering with more and more people here that have moved here. Mm -hmm. That the level of drive for success is going down Mm -hmm. and the level of meaning and creating experiences is going up. For example, they would rather work less and go out to lunch and have an amazing glass of wine and a bruschetta. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like then staying home. So I don't know if it's the neighborhood just lends itself to this easy, you know, piano, piano, that means slow, piano, piano, life that you start getting a piece of it and you don't want to give it up. Like the thought, like we've had, you know, we've had a really interesting, 
setup here in the last five months. The new, the new thing that we've added is date day, right? So the, the idea of taking an entire day off on Wednesday mm-hmm. in the middle of the week is so fucking foreign to my brain thus far. It, it, I know it is because before, if I ever, if I had ever mentioned something about why don't we do this on Wednesdays, you were like, it screws up my whole week. Like, again, you need the consistency. You're like, I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, we could do it because Thursday, I just have Friday and, and Friday is Friday. But the fact that you're allowing me to disrupt your entire work week, your your workout, your working, all, everything. I disrupt everything on a Wednesday and we do a date day. And that, but that I think shows our, our desire to increase fulfillment and not live by, like who said you have to work these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, these hours, and you can't do anything else because these days are are for working. Like who said that? Well, I mean- Half you, the time, I, if, if we didn't have Sophia, I literally would never know what day it is. Yeah. I only know because I know she has to go to school certain days. Well, those those corporate things were just, you know, they were designed by corporations. They had to pick something. Yeah. And so they went nine to five. And N- so everybody- Nine to okay. five, Monday to Friday. Okay, nine to five. That's what we're going to do. So when you, when you break out of that- Things things happen differently. I, this conversation has gone in twelve different directions, Doesn't but matter. I hope it's interesting. No, I, I, what, are you still there? What I'm what I'm more interested in is having a real conversation and flow. I sort of like visualize the user like walking around their house, working out, and just listening. Because as you're as you're listening to us talk, you're filtering it through. You can't help it. That's the way stories work. We all do it. You're filtering it through your own life, and perhaps you're somebody right now that is in a nine to five situation, or even if you're not in the nine to five, because I, I actually don't think a lot of our listeners are nine to five. I think a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurial and they are either in a nine to five and they're working on another business or they're, or they're entrepreneurs. But in either case, they are grinding away. And sort of the aha that I've recently had around this is, uh, and this is through a lot of coaching from my coach, Kim here, and my paid coach, Chris Goodman, Google him, he's amazing, that there is a, there's a, there's a focus that I'm having on my life right now of rebalancing certain parts of my life that were out of balance. So let me, let me try and explain this. I am somebody who lives naturally in fear and worry. That's me. Like I am somebody that is worried, fearful, anxious, and thinks nothing is going to work out. <laughs> okay. That is my baseline. I, I, we could talk all day long about how I got it from my mother. <laughs> we could talk all day long about how my father influenced that. None of it matters, but it is there. And there is absolutely a, a money shortage consciousness, a fear that's built into that as well. So that's the primary driver. And I've recognized that I'm way out of balance in those areas of my life. And if if I can do things, here's the, here's the point, and thank you for bearing with me because this is a new concept that I'm trying to work out. If I can put myself in states that are pleasurable, that feel good, that that are fun, I 
don't go into the worry, the fear, and the anxiety as much. And my production, ironically, increases because I'm not focused on lack and attracting more of it. For example, when I'm spending the day walking through a museum with Kim, laughing, and then going out for a glass of wine, and then feeling connected, more in love, and more happy, that energy transfers into the other things that I do. When I am grinding away and fearful about making a certain amount of money, fearful about having success on a a particular project, that energy also transfers into my life. So deliberately finding ways to have more fun and be happy energetically is making the totality of my life better. Does that make sense? Or Mm -hmm. was I too all over the place? No, that was amazing. Okay. That was amazing. And I'm glad that you're having these realizations because you already know it. Like you have done so much work that you already know that your energy is going to transfer and affect everything you do. And now that you are really taking the intention to create the energy and you're seeing what creates the positive energy and doing more of that, you are literally having more success in all areas. Well, I'll I'll leave you guys with this. This is a great (laughs) question. My coach asked me this question. Uh, This is sort of around this realization that I just shared. And he said, where do you think the source of your results come from. Mm-hmm. That Think about that for yourself. Where is, this, where is the source? Where does you know the what? source of your results come from? Pause. Let's do another episode on that question. Okay. It's over? See you next week. But it's part two? Part two. We've already done the part two. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.